Hello, you're listening to the Burst Bot Scottish Football Podcast with me, Hamish Carton. Scotland are on the brink of history. We are just 90 minutes away from ending the 22-year wait to qualify for a major championship. We take on Serbia on Thursday night and between now and the next hour, we're going to preview that game. We're going to have a bit of a chat about Scotland. I've got Callum Scott with me. Delighted to be here as always, Hamish. Thanks for having me. Callum Fisher. Good to be back, Hamish. Couple of weeks off, back refreshed and ready to go. Matt Finlay. Good to be back, looking forward to it. Good to have these guys. As I was saying just before we started recording, I don't have any plan, any notes for this podcast, so I thought we could just basically have a chat like we're down the pub, looking ahead to the Scotland game, seeing how we're all feeling about it. I've kind of convinced myself that we're going to qualify for some daft reason. I don't know why, because I've been heartbroken in the past by Scotland, but I just have a feeling that this is the time to quote a a former uh, SFE slogan from not so long ago. Um, Callum, Scott, I'll start with you. What's the feelings now that the game is fast approaching? No, I'm, I'm with you in that one, Hamish. I'm, for some reason, convinced myself that it's got to happen and I don't know why I'm doing this to myself because I'm just I'm just getting myself ready for pure and utter heartache come, uh, come about 10 o'clock on Thursday evening. Um, but no, I, I genuinely do. So I, as I said, I've repeated it countless times. I did believe that Clark would get us to the Euros and I still believe that he will do that. No got to say it's got to be pretty or anything, but I believe that he'll put out a team that's capable of winning away from home in Serbia. I think that actually suits suits us um in some kind of strange way. Don't get me wrong, I mean, if only there was fifty thousand fans we could have had the game at Hamden or whatever, but under the current circumstances, I mean, we can go there and we can sit in, can be pragmatic, stick to our game plan and I genuinely do believe that we've got a, a right good chance and I think we'll be playing we'll be playing England come the group stages next June. Wow, Fisher, how are you feeling? Uh, I'm not too bad about it to be honest. It just feels like there's a bit of or in my opinion, there's there's a bit of an air of inevitability about the fact that Scotland are gonna go and go and do it. I just think that the momentum certainly with Scotland at the moment, Serbia's results haven't been particularly great recently. Um and I think the thing that maybe he's uh, passed people by. Obviously, Scotland are waiting twenty two years to to get to our first tournament um, in that time. But Serbia haven't been at a Euros since they've kind of been Serbia on their own. If you like, the last time um, they were at the Euros was was two thousand when it was Yugoslavia. Obviously, Serbia being at home, being the favourites, and with that added bit of pressure as well. I mean, Scotland definitely going to this game as the, as the underdogs, and there just seems to be something about Scotland. Um, albeit we've not been in this sort of position for a while, but Scotland um, under Steve Clark at the moment, where, as I said, they've got the momentum. The players, this is the first group of players that I can remember, maybe since the 2008 campaign, that have really bought into what a manager's trying to do, um, and have kind of bought into the, the kind of feeling of the country of, of wanting to do, of properly wanting to do well for, for the country. So I'm fairly laid back about it, to be honest. I think Scotland will go and win, as Casey said. I, I don't envision it being a classic game of football, but um, by hook or by crook, I think Scotland are going to get through on Thursday. Hopefully. Matt, what are you thinking? Um, I'm feeling quite confident in the group of players that we have on all. I think now you're looking at it as, as probably as strong a team as we could have. And I know we'll come on to it, but minus Ryan Fraser, uh, obviously I think we're, we're as good as we could, we could be. Um, it's going to be tough because we don't particularly have a great away record. 
anyway, like when it comes to these kind of big games. But I think as we've touched on in podcasts and like over the last like few months since really that kind of Israel game, we've um, we're finding ways to kind of get results regardless. You know, like it might it's not going to be pretty, but um, if if it takes until the eighth minute or takes until penalty kicks, it doesn't matter. You know, like I think um, I I think we'll we'll not shame ourselves, and I think we'll give a really good account of ourselves regardless of of the result, and hopefully it's a good one. I kind of feel like we're destined for penalty kicks. I don't know how you guys are feeling, but I've just got that horrible feeling. Um, would you take penalties right now, guys, if I offered you it? A 50-50 shot to get to the, the Euros? I'd take I'd, it. Yeah, you would, I think you would take it, because obviously that means you're still in the game at that point, so before it, you'd obviously take it, and then, you've, as you say, it's a kind of 50-50 chance to... Especially with the fact that Scotland have now got, or this group of players in particular, have now got the experience of winning a penalty shootout, albeit very different circumstances. But it, well, not very different because it's still a high pressure. Uh, it was still a high pressure penalty shootout by that, just by different circumstances. I mean, we were obviously the team that was expected to go through. So, I, I, I think I, I would be confident with Scotland um, in penalties. I think, to be honest, I'm starting to worry myself that I'm too confident now because I feel like I'm talking as if we're just going to go over there and squish it, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I'm kind of convinced myself, as I said, that we're going to do the business. I don't know what tells me that because Serbia are probably a better team than than anyone we've faced over the last wee while. I would put them even above Czech Republic, um, although some may disagree with that. But I think the fact we're going over there for you know, let's be honest, the Nations League results have been good, but the Nations League isn't a playoff to get to a major competition and, and you know, Serbia are going to be up for it probably even more than, than any other team we faced over the last wee while, probably with the exception of Israel in the semi-final. So I'm uh, I'm confident, but I, I don't know exactly where that comes from. Um, I would still, you know, rank us as outsiders for the game and I think I would probably take penalties if you offered me it right now. Um, last time we played in a major tournament was June the 23rd, 1998. Scotland 0, Morocco 3. What ages were we all then? Matt, you, you would have been the oldest. F- uh, five, five going on six. No, four going on five, actually. You started school? I, I can... My, I have... Kind of a memory of the World Cup ninety eight, but it wouldn't have been like live. We recorded the Brazil and Morocco games on like video at the time, and uh, I used to re rewatch them like over and over again when I was about five or six. But um, I uh, obviously uh, my tournament would have been Euro two thousand. I remember, but uh, just um, been a long time as we can tell. <laughs> Do you remember this tune? It was uh, Brandy and Monica's "The Boy Is Mine." Anyone? Casey? I, fe- I definitely feel like that's been played in Club de Mar over a hundred trips there. Remixed several times since then. Aye, no, I, I, I'm definitely familiar with the song. Yeah, that was the the number one the last time we played uh, in a major championship match, and the number one movie. Any guesses? Titanic. Think animals. Animals. Got to say the Lion King, but can it be? Can it? No, no animals. Some, some, well, I suppose. Aye. Some well. Uh, dinosaurs when I think a gonna... doctor who deals with animals oh, doctor, doctor Doolittle yeah that was the, the number one I was going to go for Armageddon because I think it was 1998 or whatever but wouldn't I guess that 
Yes, I'm sure the listeners are absolutely loving this conversation, so we'll probably <laughs> turn it to the football lads. As I say, no plan for this podcast, so I thought we could just have a bit of a chat about the, the highs and lows we've experienced supporting Scotland over the years. We'll maybe get each of us to bring up a, a low to start off and to kind of, what do they call that when you like you kind of blow away the cobwebs of failure and sadness? There's a name for that, it's like a, it's not an exorcism is it? No, the exorcism is when you remove a demon for somebody's body. <laughs> well, I think that's what I'm going for. We're, we're removing the demon of failure from Scotland here because, guys, the next time we do a podcast, we're going to be a major championship team. I agree with that. I agree with that. Right. Well, um, I'll come to you, KC, first then. If you give me, I know I, I realise I'm chucking you in deep water here. Um, if you think of a, a time when Scotland crushed your soul, what would be the top one that, that comes to your mind? No, I mean, I'm conscious of the fact that obviously we've recently done a full podcast on the 2008 campaign, um, which was great to, to be part of for us for a start. It was it was thoroughly enjoyable. Well, bringing back all the old memories, but but for me, I think that actually what hurt me more was um, 2015, um, the the Georgia debacle again over there. I was Ooh. give me a game then. Is it Georgia? Is that nah, it's, just, it's, it's, it's going to be Georgia. I was I was thoroughly convinced that we would um, we would be playing in the Euros in France that year. Um, I remember me and one of my my good mates who I was going to all the games with at that point, Ebo, who obviously is a rough familiar with. And I remember me and Ebo after about the first couple of games going through our next fixtures and going on and on. I'm like, we're not losing a game here. Like, I'm like, we'll beat Germany at home. Uh, we'll beat Poland at home. We'll beat Georgia away. And I think by that point, we'd maybe not played England yet um, in the friendly at Celtic Park. Um, and, well, I, I can't. I just can't see us getting beat. That's a brilliant team and it's, it's as good a chance as we'll ever have. And that was just, it was soul-destroying. Absolutely soul-destroying. Lewis Kemp, again, former member of the podcast, claims he said that he's seen a tear running in my face that day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know how true that is, but... Just, just a solitary tear. Aye, just one solitary tear when I just seen our qualifying hopes diminish in front of my eyes. Um, and because I, I believe we were all actually maybe watching it together and walkabout in Glasgow. Walkabout. Aye. Aye. It was funny. Aye. No, it was just funny you brought up uh, previous members of the podcast and, and tears because obviously Ross Clark of this parish, um, for anyone that's familiar with like where walkabout is in Glasgow, there's like a, I think it's a Burger King or whatever. Just down the street, and obviously I think Ross is probably the, the biggest Scotland fan that any of us know. Um, Scotland's are kind of like his club team, so he was understandably crushed after that Georgia game. And I, I don't know if this is like the Mandela effect or something, but he went down to the Burger King and Ross was like absolutely gutted, man. You'd think somebody had like shot a family member in front of him, but he was really like... <laughs> He was genuinely devastated and uh, sitting down in this Burger King. And I swear to God, when he took a bite of that Whopper, he started crying. Like it was <laughs> as if, like when it, like it was as if the the bite of the Whopper was like the bite of realization that Scotland had fucked it again. Yeah, uh, that's my that's my over that's my like main memory of that day after after walkabout was Ross Clark in tears eating a burger. I'm sure that. I'm sure that happened. mentioned. Um... Like pals of ours and former burst ball members, and that's like the main thing I think about that whole qualification campaign. And not to get all soppy in that in front of hundreds of folk and thousands of folk listening to this podcast, but that was when we kind of all first started to get to know each other um, because it obviously tied in with us starting uni. 
I know that, that most listeners probably don't care a jot about that, but I think it's important to say that. And I remember the Poland, basically that whole qualification campaign, I know where I was for every single game. And most of the time was I was with you guys or I travelled to the game with you guys. And I think back to... Like, I know the I think the first game was um Germany away. I Anya scored, but I remember the first time um we all got together for a game was in again for anyone that's familiar with air was in Smith's for the Poland game. That's Poland two uh, air establishments you've given a shout out already in this. Well, uh, no, we'll walk about it's obviously Glasgow, but Smith's well no, well Club de Mar. Oh Club de Mar, sorry. Yeah, I'm shouting out for everywhere here. Um <laughs> aye, we were all we were all in uh, Smith's for that game, so that was like the first kinda uh, bonding that sounds really bad I was going to call it a bonding session uh, but that was the first time like we'd got together just on the back of what you were saying uh, and it was for that two, two old draw wasn't it away to, away to Poland I remember we played really well that night and we took the lead didn't we kind of early on and then we gave away two really sloppy goals and I remember like I think I was sitting next to you Casey and I just remember you going off oh, what's the point playing well if we're, we're losing this game and then I think Maloney scores an equaliser um, and we were delighted with a point that night, weren't we? No, 100%, because, again, it was just a... Because it was got to be in the back of that, because we, obviously, we played well over in Germany, and then we beat them, which was a really tough one to take, but obviously Germany at that point were world champions, and you're saying, right, there's a lot to take for this. And then, uh, I think we beat Georgia at home, 1-0. Uh, and Lewis Kemp, I actually. Lewis Kemp came to that game with me that day. Uh, again, it was like the week after we started junior or something, two weeks after, and I had a spare ticket, so I just said to him to come with me, which was quite sweet. And then the, the, the Poland game for Smiths. But, but that's what I would have been getting at. So I'm like, right, that's us already went to Germany and played really well and they'll get, they'll get three points. But it's the point in going here and playing relatively well against a, a very good side in Poland at that point. Uh, obviously Lewandowski and stuff. Uh, and still coming away with nothing, so... The fact that we grinded out a result there was brilliant, and it just gave us a momentum getting into all these other games, like uh, Ireland at home, which was which was an absolutely brilliant night. That's probably one of my favourite ever Scotland games, and I know it didn't take it. Well, I suppose any game in my lifetime hasn't actually taken us anywhere, but that's quite a looking back. It's a bit of a meaningless game, isn't it? Because it was in the middle of the qualification campaign. We won it, but that night there was something about it. I don't know if it was the fact it was at Celtic Park or or what, from my point of view. Um, the fact that the goal was so good from, from Maloney like one of the best Scotland goals I think I've ever seen the way they worked it um, the whole atmosphere that night the fact it was a Friday night was brilliant as well I thought um, were you there that night Matt? Yeah I was um, I think I was sitting next to Fisher and Kemp Aye did you was that the game you get square gold? No that was in the um, the, the England games three days later we were sitting in kind of where the Green Brigade section would have been and uh it was a guy, I don't know what we're, me and you were, I think I said to you something like, oh Fisher, you must be loving sitting in here or something, and uh, it was right in the corner where the Green Brigade was sitting in the, uh, and we, we were, <laughs> and then, I don't know what happened, we were just saying something, a guy turned around or something, and he said, oh, who do you support or something, uh, I, I bottled it and said St Mirren or something, that. I don't know why, <laughs> and then, and then he turned around and he had 1888 tattooed on his neck and I went, oh, Jesus, um, like, oh. I just, I just felt, like, I felt there, I was like, I would have been like, I could have said anything and the boy would have still had a go at me. You know, he was just being a twat. And, um, but that was the England game and I always remember, like, getting, because I think that kind of stalled that campaign a wee bit of that England game because 
they um, we were very much in it. Like the Ireland game was such euphoria, and I think they played the whole. I think they played pretty much the same team against England three years later. And to be honest, <laughs> Wayne Rooney just ripped us apart um, that night. But um, yeah, that would have been because in the Ireland game we were way up in the so the, what's the stand to the right called again? Celtic is that Lisbon Lions? So we were up there for the Ireland game, and I remember obviously I think the big thing from that is most international games are kind of a wee bit of fans mixed in, but. The Ireland game was, if you look back at the highlights, there's green everywhere. And uh, there was Irish guys in front of us, uh, just to the left, I think, or maybe next to us, sorry. And Scotland guys were just giving them, like, Scotland fans were just giving them jet the whole time. Like, and then, so, so Maloney scores and they all turn around and give them the fingers and all that stuff. So there was nearly a, like a proper Rami. I was just thinking, what's the point? Like, it's just, like, of, of all the game, you know, just enjoy it, you know, but. It was, it was speaking of that island game it was just quite funny when we speak about that well maybe this has got to incriminate me here I don't know but um, <laughs> obviously you, you all know who, who my team is obviously I'm a Kowalnut supporter and again to bring friend of the show Ebo into this me and him went up that day um, I remember patching uni for it as well uh, and, and going up to Scott for, for the, the going up to Glasgow early to, to get tanked up and for some reason we said, all right, we'll just go to the Gallagher since it's near Park Heath. And obviously, <laughs> Ebo's a Celtic fan, but obviously me being a Kamala supporter. But up and they said, I'll probably get an atmosphere there to be fair, because probably a lot of the Irish folk will be there, but it will be kind of mixed. And I shit you not, man. <laughs> we were the only two Scotland fans up there, man. <laughs> it was Ireland fans everywhere. There was Scottish folk in there supporting Ireland and all, I think, man. But oh, it was obviously a good, it was a, a pretty good laugh and all that, but it was just, it was madness. Like you would, like, it's all cliche, obviously, after the slagging, slagging Celtic in East End, um, but it genuinely was like a mini Dublin that night, and you felt out of place in your your own home country, which should never happen. Fisher, yeah. Fisher, do you, Fisher, do you remember after the England game we were walking past, uh, through Brigden and uh, e, uh, Abdul EDL was in, the, <laughs> in one of the oh, bars? Uh, <laughs> boy, he was just getting pelters, man. Like, just he was out with his, uh, with his Union Jack, man. It's funny you say that again to to bring Ahmed Abdul Idiel England away, England England away during November in twenty thirteen in the next uh, campaign, and obviously he's in Trafalgar Square having having a carryout, and then uh, and then one of the boys was like, oh, "There's Abdul Idiel." I was like, ah, "No chance, man!" When Elma started speaking to him, I was like, "All right, Abdul, what's happening?" That he's like, ah, "How's it going, mate? How's it going?" And he's walking about. And he's got like, his Union Jack and all that. And I'm like, all right, so who are you supporting tonight then? He's like, ah, it's obviously, Ken, we're all British. So, like, um, like, <laughs> it doesn't really matter who wins, but probably, but probably Scotland need the result more. So I'm like, ah, all right, all right, aye, aye. I goes, like, how, who did you come down with? And he's like, ah, eh, just everybody, Ken. I've, I've just come down with <laughs> And I goes, ah, all right, how'd you get this? I just get the bus so I am doing with the, got, got the mega bus for bloody Glasgow all the way down to London. <laughs> <laughs> to walk for, out for a quid with a Union Jack man um, and I just I couldn't believe that that was some story for him that follows me on Twitter there's a picture on my Twitter of that day as well eh? me and Abdul EDL which some laugh <laughs> Jesus T- tell the Burroughs story oh. <laughs> this is funny man every day well a lot of the people will be pretty sure that well most of the listeners are, will be aware of uh, Alan Burroughs, the, the Motherwell chief exec, and uh, at this point, this is when he kind of first came on the scene. They seem to be doing a lot of things right, and I remember we were all sitting there again. There was this guy in a suit, right, standing in the middle of Trafalgar Square, and he had a claret and amber tie, and he was a spitting image 
of Alan Burroughs, and I'm like, right, it's got to be him, but I'm like, what's he then kind of thing? And I was like, to one of my mates, was like, is that what I, because I didn't know his name at that point, so I just like searched uh, Motherwell Chief Executive or something, and I eventually got him, I was like, that's what that is, isn't it? And then they're like, aye, that's got to be in it, spit an image, I'm like, aye, I'm like, I'm like fuck it, I'm going to go up and speak to him, man, because, because I thought like, it was then a lot of anxiety, I liked his, like, his connection with the fans at that point, I need to keep reiterating, so I'm like, eh, I'm going up to this guy, man, and then I was like, all right, guy turns to an English accent, <laughs> I was like, I was like, you know the Marvel chief executive, no? and then he's like, no, mate, no, eh, I'm here, I work for G4S and I'm just here, like, I'm in charge of security and that. I'm like, aye, all right, no bother. That's pro-. And then I'm walking back, shaking my head on my pals are pissing ourselves. I'm like, that's probably the most embarrassing thing ever. Got somebody, <laughs> not even a big celebrity, but thinking it was, like somebody that like, no, no that many folk would have in and still getting it. So I'm pretty sure I probably was Burroughs that day and he was just trying to make a mug of me because uh, it had to be. I mean, there's no other explanation for it. But an image, claret number thigh, why the hell, why the hell else would it be there? Oh man, I love that story so much. I'm glad that it's finally been aired in Burst Paw. It's just incredible. Words and stitches the first time I heard that one. When I done it for Hamish, I think I'd done an English accent, but there was too much pressure. You watered it down. Aye, I did water um, it down. Aye, fun memories, guys. Is that the only kind of away day you've been on then, KC with Scotland? Or have you been elsewhere? No, I've been to Wembley, was obviously a big one, but again, to go back to 2015. Uh, me and a couple of my mates, we are booked to go to Faro in Portugal for the Gibraltar game, which was supposed to be the massive party, the qualification party. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously we, we, we fucked it in Georgia. Well, and then Ireland beat Germany, um, which again put the kind of final nail in the coffin because I remember that night, because I think we maybe had a chance of the playoffs or something. I can't, I can't remember exactly how it worked, but I remember if we beat Poland and Germany beat Ireland, we would have still finished above Ireland in the group. And then when Stephen Fletcher scored to make it 2-1, um, everybody was buzzing and gone, gone mad. Uh, and then about 10 minutes later, these boys are hitting us, and all like, Ireland just went up one nothing against Germany, and we were like, ah, no chance. And the ground, long, aye, the ground just went flat, because see what I hate that day? Like, everybody goes on about, oh, the Lewandowski goal killed us, it didn't. The, the game was by, but then it was so flat. Um, Mandela and, effect. It's the same with the the Italy game. I the, the last goal. I it didn't matter a jot anyway. Uh, the draw wasn't good enough that day either. It, we had to win. Spot on Hamish. But it was that, and it was just so flat. But the day after, we were off flying out to go to to, to go to Portugal for the Gibraltar game, which was supposed to be the Sunday. Because obviously that was a guaranteed three points. We we all respect, but it was. And funnily enough, that morning. Uh, Arthur Boric and Magic Zarafsky were in the airport, I know, because they were obviously all over for like Polish TV, because they were doing like the Scotland Poland game. So a couple of my were Celtic fans get pictures with them. And then the Poland squad come through, uh, and I'm like, ah, I'm I'm going here, man. I'm going for Lewandowski. He's at the black man. He's trying to get a picture of him. Went and he's sec- they had actually a security guy around him. He was doing a couple of pictures, and they got to the end, and that security guy pushed me out the way, man. Felt like an absolute <laughs> big win, man. I mean, I was like 20 trying to get a picture of Lewandowski and get absolutely mugged off, man, by some neo-Nazi bloody security guard, man. I was I, I was hurt by that one. So I that was that. So I went to Gibraltar. And it was it was a good laugh, but it was very similar, if I can say that, to my trip to Belgrade with Kelly. You were like, it was actually good, and then you remembered what you were there, and it just kind of made you angry a wee bit. Uh, and then, aye, that was the... And, and I'm ashamed to say, I was one of the, the Tartan Army that night when they were all applauding Strachan, because remember there was controversy whether they wanted me to stay on and all that. 
And then I we were all involved in that. So no, I struck in the man. And then next thing, next campaign is an absolute joke, and um, we we ruined that and all. So many regrets <laughs> about that campaign. See, like if he could have paused time after that Ireland game and just have felt as good as we all felt coming away, walking away from Celtic Park that night. That was as good as I felt. I was convinced at that point. Yes, we were in a group with Poland and Germany. I think they both reached the quarterfinals of that Euros. I think Ireland got to the, the last 16. Um, but I still felt at that point like we were going to never mind finish third. I thought we were going to get a top two spot because, you know, we'd been to Poland, got a result, and we still had Germany to come to Hamden. Um, we'd beaten Ireland at home. Um, I think we still had Gibraltar to play at home. So it was like, it was looking so positive. And then that campaign, it just typically was Scotland. It just petered out. Like, it wasn't as if, I know you say the Georgia result, but it wasn't as if it was like that one result, if you know what I mean. It was just that the rest, second half of that campaign, played terrible in Dublin, still got a result against Ireland. The Germany game was just so frustrating for me at home because we, I don't think we even played that well, but it was we, we were still in the game because Germany were poor that night. We gave away three daft goals. I think we lost that 3-2. Georgia game was just horrific. The Poland game was like horrific as well. I think we were behind inside a minute there. Um, brought it back and then conceded late on. And that campaign, just I just felt so disappointed. Even more disappointed than the Euro 2008 campaign for whatever reason. I don't know exactly why because... I suppose Euro 2008 was was more heartbreaking, probably. As well, though, what will probably come into Hamish is there's absolutely no doubt that we would have all travelled to Euro 2016. Um, it was perfect, wasn't it? I, I, you were exactly the right age and stuff um, for that, with your like, big summers off uni and stuff. Um, I know, obviously, other people were still working whilst they were at uni, but it was just that. I, I felt like the perfect perfect opportunity. Whereas I, I know, obviously, the, the like say, Matt has went to Scotland games for years. I know like, Matt's dad's big into Scotland, so he would have maybe went to uh, Austria and Switzerland in 2008, but there's no way I was ever going there. Whereas two, 2016, I was like, that's the one that I'll get to. And here we are, here we are four years later, and, and we're still not being. So fingers crossed that changes come Thursday night. Any memories for that qualification campaign, Fisher or, or Matt, either of you? Yeah, just what we kinda of touched on. As, as I say, the game at um the game at Parkhead was was brilliant and as you say, it was kinda of, for us as a kinda of group and stuff like that, that was when we started to get to know each other, I think. Um the probably very um early sort of episodes of Bus Board just started around that time because mm. I definitely remember is doing like a couple, uh, certainly a preview uh, of that game in the in the wee uni studio that we used to have. But it was very much a, a cliche, I suppose, but a campaign of two halves. We had all the momentum um, getting into the Ireland game and then after. And then I think, as Matt mentioned a couple of minutes ago, I think the England game kind of just sucked the air out of us. And then I believe the first game after that was the draw in Dublin. And I think that's when people were like, mm, we could have really done with three points there. And then it all just started to peter out, unfortunately. Um, that I, I think that was, for me, that was kind of the... Well, since... I'm trying to get my words out here. Since 2008, like the 2008 campaign, the, the 2006 campaign was probably as passionately as I've felt about Scotland um, and, and have done since. And hopefully... And that started to come back a wee bit, to be fair, uh, the past year or so. But, yeah, it was just... In terms of like personally and in terms of the football, it was just it was the, the first half of that campaign was there was some good memories, some good nights out, um, and yeah, that that, that that's kind of what jumps out at me when I think back of it. 
Yeah, just on there, uh, just on that. I mean, I've, I've touched on, obviously, I've had a few kind of, I can remember a few of the kind of more heartbreaking ones that when you're younger. And I, I suppose that you're, Casey's right, you know, we were at the right age when the Euros were going to be taking place in France. And it, you always kind of felt like the, like, tournaments just felt you could never get to them, you know, if you were, like, younger than that. Like, just because they always, I think, in our lifetime, Germany 2006 would have been one that Scotland would have reveled in. I just remember the end of that campaign being like pretty crap and get what fell flat under Walter Smith. But the one when I was younger um was the I mean I do remember the the Wembley playoff, um, which is definitely showing my age a wee bit, but I do remember watching the cause I, I think that was the first game the certainly I can remember the first the Hamden game was the first game I'd ever watched a game at Hamden. Uh, like I wasn't at it sorry, but like seen Hamden like since it had been redone. Uh, probably the cup finals that year as well and um uh, I remember then going to like when they went to Wembley just thinking my dad was like oh it's over and all that stuff and then went one nil up and I didn't understand even like away uh, away goals weren't a thing but I'd, I was like what well, we're winning like sure that's enough and then realized we needed another one and that and then um, that was obviously as close technically as, it, as it's been you know you're you know you're fighting right to the end at Wembley um the the Holland one was one when I properly got into Scotland a Euro 2004 and I think it was like um it would have been uh, my first game was Lithuania I remember then because that got us into the playoffs that win and the Holland game like genuinely believing that they'd go across and win and within five minutes of, uh, in Amsterdam it was just over and it was just like gutted because I do remember the build up to that and I was just thinking like even like today I've like watched like Scotland videos and stuff like that like to get me in the mood for the week I think I think this campaign is kind of came around when Scotland weren't playing that well and you're just like, oh yeah, oh, we've got, you know, because of what's going on in the world, you're literally forgetting that, like, there's still major tournaments to qualify for and regardless if there's fans there or not next year, I'm just, I'm, I always get really up for the national games when we're, when we're right in kind of the business end of the, the campaign and I just hope that we can actually do it because there's been, as we've rattled off, there's been years of disappointment where, now we've genuinely got a chance. I don't care if it's back way in. I don't care if there's going to be 400 folk at a game and whatever it'll be next year. You know, if we qualify, that's amazing, you know. Yeah, I want to come on in a wee minute to the World Cup 2018 campaign as well because I think that was another one that certainly the second half we ended up very interested in Scotland. Um, a game I wanted to mention that I was at, I don't even know what year it would have been or for what tournament. If you're pushing me, I'll say... Euro 2012, maybe. Remember the Czech Republic 2 uh, all game? I, yeah, I, that was, yeah. I was there as well. Yeah, I was there. That was dire that day. Like, the atmosphere was amazing and Hamden was sold out. And see, I've, I've seen Hamden go nuts a few times, but when Fletcher scores that second goal, I think that's probably the most mental I've seen it. Probably those who were at the Scotland England game with Griffiths free kicks would, would argue that it went more crazy that day. But when Fletcher, the way that goal came across from Miller and Fletcher just slides it in went absolutely nuts that day um, and then Czech Republic dive, right? Rezek was that the boy's name who dives for the Czech Republic and then weird denied an, an absolute stonewall penalty with Christoph Berra at the back post a few minutes later you're, you're making faces Matt but for me it is I, a penalty. I think he went down because he was like, he's realising there's a centre half in the box and I think he's, he's not going to do anything I, I think he kind of fell a wee bit but I I was screaming for it at the other end of Hamden as well so don't Aye, that, that Czech Republic game hurt a lot for me that was the day I fell out of love with the Tartan army they, I remember seeing 
folk happy with that result after the game and maybe not happy with the result but just joking about talking about getting on it later that night I think it was a Saturday and that kind of thing really gets to me there was another one a few years later uh, Lithuania the 1-1 game at Hamden when we were absolutely terrible um, and uh, I think James MacArthur scores late on I think to get us a draw and uh, I was at that game at Connor Park and I remember the exact, having the exact same feeling after that one I knew at that point that we'd you know, ruined our chances of qualifying because you can't be drawing with Lithuania and I remember seeing loads of members of the Tartan Army laughing, joking about, you know, getting cans for the store. Listen, I, to, to a certain extent, I don't mind you getting on it after the game, but like, at least, you know, have a bit of silence and, you know, show that it matters to you. Because if it was your club team playing, surely you wouldn't be doing that. That's what annoys me about the Tartan Army, but hey-ho, they'll probably enjoy themselves on Thursday, whatever happens. No, Hamish, I'm, I'm with you there. And the one that got me for that kind of mentality that I generally do think that holds us back as a country like accepting mediocrity and stuff like that but was the was England game the 2H like um, yeah. I, I think I was like shouting and swearing like fuck they were clapping the, clapping the team off the park after that <laughs> I, I, was, that. I was like I was like I was like I was absolutely they bottled it like, and, and, and what annoys me that day is again there'll be more misconceptions about that day and I'm not trying to be negative because I'm actually positive about this Thursday and my love for Steve Clarko, I'll always remain positive. But but that that England game, we weren't even good that day. England were passion, oh, and there was nothing in the game. It was a terrible game. Griffith steps up with two absolute unbelievable bits of magic that you just couldn't believe. And Griffith, was, he himself was going to make every single one of their players a legend if they could hold on for a couple of minutes. Griffith single-handedly got to make all 11 of those, well, the, the other 10 absolute legends and Gordon Strachan, and we still couldn't see it out. And it annoys me as well, I've the Armstrong, oh, if you only put it, put it in Rose Eddie, he could have done that, but see what annoys me as well. See if Armstrong plays, see if you watch it back, see if he plays the ball on the left, I think Robertson's away again, and we go 3-1 at that point. It just... but, but alternatively, if Armstrong boots it away up the park to the goalkeeper, who's to see England don't go up the park and still score, like knowing our luck and knowing the way we were defending. But I agree, that, that moment was horrid. I was in Germany for that, watching it in a, an Irish pub in Germany next to some English guys, and I remember <sighs> feeling so, so proud. I, like, I don't know how you felt if you were at the game or that, but I was watching it in telly, obviously, and I kind of felt like just a weird, weird like feeling. But obviously the goals were so similar. Like I had no clue the sound was down. I had no clue whether it was another goal or whether it was like a replay or something. Like I knew it was another goal, but part of my brain didn't want to believe it. And the fact the goals are so similar, I was kinda like, are they just showing a replay or, or what's going on here? This just this doesn't happen to Scotland. We don't score two free kicks in two minutes against England. It's probably probably two of the greatest minutes ever in football and see if you go the amount of times I've watched it back in YouTube since like that's the most mental I've ever seen a stadium going like but it's the kind of game I watch those goals and then I, I cannot cannot watch the rest I, I just it, it tears me apart watching that Kane goal it, it, it gets me mate because exactly what you said man it's when Griffiths puts the first one in you obviously can't believe it and the place goes mental and Again, it was me and Ebo that were at that game and we had a great view of it where, where I usually get my tickets at Hamden. And when we get the second one, the three years literally just looked at each other and we're like, ah. he's like, ah, surely no again. I'm like, no way. We're like, this doesn't happen to Scotland. Then bang, back in the net. And it was almost intimate what happened next. <laughs> and it was like, Ebo just jumped up on me and then we're sitting hugging each other, but he's got his legs wrapped on me, man. We're just sitting like that, hugging each other for like, a couple of seconds and the rest of the place it just went absolutely mental and 
I just honestly, it's it's. I've said that I'm Kelly. I'm yeah, club over country every day of the week, as you know. But that is the best feeling I've ever had in a football ground in my life. Like was that when Griffith scored that second free kick? It's the best I've ever felt in football. Because um, exactly what you said, Hamish, man, that doesn't happen to us. That never happens to us. When do we get that bit of magic to somebody step up in a massive game like last minute in a real, real bit of quality? No luck, a deflection, mm-hmm. one of the box, two absolute unbelievable bits of quality. And it gets me every time. I've goosebumps standing up uh, in the north speaking about it. And I'm just, uh, and it's the worst thing coming out the ground. I was seething, man. I was so angry. Mm-hmm. And I just imagine, and we remember seeing football, I'm like, hey, I'll do two and a point before the game. And I'm like, that doesn't wash with me, man. If you're up 2 1, with a couple of minutes to go, if you walk away with another one, three points, then you've got you've got to be angry. Uh, and that's the way I looked at that because we weren't great that day. What it, like, maybe if we did play well throughout the full game, I'm not saying we were bad, but we weren't great. It was nothing in the game. There was we never battered them or anything, and every one of them could have walked back, walked off the pitch a legend, and and we didn't. One guy did, and that's Griffiths for me. I'll, I'll always be thankful for him for giving me that moment in football, but the rest of them nah. Right. Let me ask you a question then, Fisher. Do you think there's a a narrative with Scotland that things, if they can go wrong, they will always go wrong? And I know the Tartan Army always say that, and we'll all say that, and the, the England game kind of proved that in the last 22 years of proving it, if we're honest. But do you think that's just a Scottish thing? Does, does every team say that about their own team, that, you know, fate will come against them? And my second question is that if we qualify on Thursday night, do you think that whole feeling goes and people start being more positive about everything. I, I definitely think that that's something that's prevalent within sports. Doesn't it's not necessarily consigned to just football. It can be any sport. Psychologically, if players and a support have this huge weight of expectation, um, what as as well as the fact that they think, oh well, we'll get to a certain point and then we'll mess it up. That's got to have a huge bearing. Um, and I think you're right. I think qualifying for. A tournament uh, may may stop that. Uh, I think a good example of this, obviously, to, to kind of take it back to club for a wee while, when, when Rangers first came back up, I mean, obviously, we got absolutely horsed against Celtic and it took beating Celtic for us to get into the kind of to get out of that mindset and, and to get the support and the players out of that mindset. I think something similar has to happen. Um, has to happen with Scotland, you know, when we qualify for the tournament, then we know we can qualify for tournaments. And um, it'll be it'll be a huge lift, obviously, to the country, and it'll get the support in our psyche of knowing that this is a, you know, there's not twenty two years since we've qualified for a tournament. We've just qualified for one, um, and it's something that we're now we're now used to. Because I think at the moment, for the majority of the Scotland support, it's something that we can't really quite envision because it's just been so long. So it's definitely something that, that's bound to have an effect. And, and just going back to your second point, if we can do it on Thursday, then hopefully that's the kind of mental block gone, and it'll be more of a regular thing for Scotland as it was, you know, seventies, eighties, that kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Matt, bringing you in, do, do you think the fact that we're possibly going to do this through the back door, it's going to be through the Nations League if we qualify, does that take away any of the achievement for you? No, absolutely not, no. Um, they, this tournament was designed for, for countries like us who, if you look at if you look back at kind of qualifying campaigns, as we've kind of regressed as a team, as a, like, as a footballing nation, you know, that we're always like maybe third or fourth seeds. So, you know, fourth seeds don't qualify for these tournaments normally, you know. So I think now is that 
you know, your, your playing competitive games, they've been good for the squad because it's been able to allow, whether it was McLeish um, or Steve Clark, you know, they've been allowed to, to kind of get proper competitive games out of these players because they know that if they're not playing for their country in these games, then why would they be picked for a European Championship qualifier? For me, it's the exact same. I think it took a bit of time for a lot of folk to get into the Euro Nations. Like, and then they actually kind of realised, you know what, this is bringing the best out of our players, you know. There's been a lot of discontent with the kind of Tartan army, if you like, you know, that, you know, Hamden's been half empty for half of most of these games, really, um, since, you know, really in the last four years, you know, like, I mean, there's been the odd game, you know, you get the big games and that, but I think folk are, I would like to think the majority of people, even using the kind of phrase, the back door, I mean, I used it earlier on and I've seen it being used a lot and, no, it's, it's a way in because it doesn't matter, you know, and you think, Going forward with the Nations League, you know, we've still got two big games coming up this week after the, after the Serbia game where there's World Cup places up for grabs off of that. You know, like, you know, the, that doesn't happen, like, easily. Is it? I appreciate the way that kind of football's going where, like, you know, in a couple of years' time, the World Cup could have 48 teams and that's a whole different discussion. For me, that's not what it should be about, but I appreciate that it is trying to bring teams in like us and you think it, if if miraculously if, if there was fans properly allowed to go to these tour this tournament next summer, you can you can bet you can bet honestly the Tartan Army will be there like and they'll be there in their numbers and folk will not care about how we qualified you know they'll they'll forget that Israel penalty shootout they will they'll be like no we're there we belong there I think it's more been just uh, in terms of I think it's just been apathy certainly probably since the end of the twenty sixteen campaign. Um, I think people obviously want Scotland to do well, but there just comes a point where you're just like, oh, I can't be asked with this anymore because you feel like you're putting yourself through the same kind of, just the same thing over and over again. And it's kind of a weird thing because for the majority of your time supporting your club, you do that anyway and you never really consider just kind of chucking it. But with Scotland, I think people, myself included, are very easy just to go, oh, I, I don't really care about this anymore. Um, but certainly as we've got closer to possibly qualifying, you've certainly seen people... Um, I say come back it's not as if we can go to games now and then like that but you've seen more and more people start to kind of um, start to care again and I think if they can if we can qualify then you're in danger of actually probably saving a lot of the Scotland support in terms of when we can get back to games even to be honest I'll go out on a limb and say even if we do qualify get to the Euros and get scudded in the group stages I kind of go back to one point we've seen Scotland in a major tournament we want to go back again but we want to get better so you'll probably see people when making back into grounds will be more enthusiasm to go to games, um, provided obviously we don't start then going getting horsed in the in the next qualification campaign. But I think it's just there's been a lot of apathy since twenty sixteen, and it is actually quite nice to just see people coming back to the national team and and starting to to care again. I think it's really important at the moment as well. When let's face it, a lot of us haven't got a great deal to look forward to. You know, like we can't even go to the pub and. and most parts, if not all of the country at the moment, we we, we <laughs> lucky we can't go on holiday, and or, or at least we you know it's difficult to go on holiday, and um, we can't even go and watch football at the moment. And I think without you know sounding all daft and grand and all that, I think Scotland, the Scotland national team, have got a chance on Thursday night to give the country some happiness. Where I think over the last couple of decades it's been the other way around, and it's been Scotland who have been back in the national team. And um, I just hope that. That is in, in you know included in Steve Clark's team talk somewhere is that you know we might be playing in an empty stadium thousands of miles away from your country but 
um, you've got a real chance to make millions of people at home. And I'm not just talking football fans, like I'm talking Scottish people in general. And, you know, imagine imagine next summer. Here, here's an amazing thought. Imagine next summer, vaccine earlier on at some stage in the year. You know, pubs are back open in Scotland at a major championship. So we don't know where it will be, if it will be in Russia or spread around Europe. But just imagine the, the, the opportunity there. For, for an amazing summer and we all need it because 2020 has been absolutely horrendous um, but you know they say good news comes in three you've got Biden last week vaccine Scotland qualifying <laughs> controversial view and, and one of your points there about, about somebody getting elected no I, I jest but um, no Hamish obviously we're talking about France 98 ever that, that's one thing that got to me obviously I can't can't, can't be close to even remember it I mean as I said I was I was two years old just about to turn three I think and um my my brothers are old enough to remember, but like my uh, the, the, everybody came over in our street and like to watch the game like in our house. Like, well, no, I've been in the street, but you know, like three or four neighbours and everybody. And there was this whole big party atmosphere that everybody come round to watch the the Scotland Brazil game. So that's when it, as you said, it does affect. Like, it's not just your hardcore football fans, us, the listeners to the podcast. It's a positive effect in the entire country, and that's when you see that. And again, the only thing. I can relate it to it. It was genuinely see the difference in Kilmarnock because that place when they were doing relatively well under Steve Clark. It, it affects everything. It affects everything. Um, people are proud to come for the town. Gives gives uh, people something to speak about. Pubs are busier. Businesses is better, and that's just a knock-on effect. That's why football clubs are so well. Clubs are so pivotal to communities, but. As you said, 100%, with what we're going through the now, the national team have actually got a chance on Thursday to make up. They forget about that for a wee bit and have a bit of pride back. And I just sincerely hope that they do it. And I do trust them to do it. I just hope that we're not disappointed again. Come, come just on that kind of point, Casey, you talking about everybody coming over for the Brazil game. Um, do you imagine, obviously, fingers crossed, we're, we're out of this coronavirus situation. Everybody's able to meet up again and, and we're playing England in a major tournament. It's... It's the stuff dreams are made of, isn't it? Uh, it's just, it's one of those things where you're just everybody, like pubs are going to be packed, houses are going to be packed, like just everybody, whether you're a football fan or not, is probably going to ha- like have arrangements to watch that game with people. Like it would just be after everything that, as I say, we've been been through away for football for that to, to then bring everybody together and it would just be, it would be brilliant. Do you think yous will shed a tear if Scotland qualify on Thursday night? I know. I know KC will. Lewis Campbell with it. Lewis Campbell witness it. <laughs> uh, I I don't I don't really like out with. I'll admit I've cried plenty of times with Rangers because they've given me plenty to fucking cry about over the past decade. But uh, with Scotland, it's slightly different for me. I'll definitely feel a, a, a feeling of immense pride. But it's I mean I, I don't think I could I don't think I would cry to be honest. But definitely a feeling of immense pride and just like. Wow, I'm going to see my country in a, in a major tournament. Techni- not really for the first time, but as I remember yeah. it for the first time. You know I mean? Yeah. I, I, the reason I ask that is I kind of feel like I might, but I suppose you never really know until the feeling hits home, until it actually sinks in. We're talking as if it's a shoe-in and we're, go- it's, we're going to be qualifying in two days' time, and that's the, the worry. But I suppose we've kind of talked negatively about a lot of the the you know, sadder moments of the last 22 years in terms of Scotland. So I think it's it's important that we end on a positive note. Matt, finally, why are we going to qualify on Thursday night? Why is this time going to be different to Holland and to Italy and to Georgia and all that? 
because Steve Clark knows how to get a result and I think he will deliver a result one way or the other. Very to the point. Uh, that was going to be the last call, but I'll, I'll give uh, I'll give KC, our, our big Scotland fan, the, the last shout. Well, you're, you're probably asking the wrong man there because <laughs> I agree 100% with what Matt's just said. Simply, nobody else, only Steve Clark, and that's the reason why Scotland will qualify for the first major tournament in 22 years. I think right. very... Sorry. No, I was just going to say very briefly, I think, and I'm sure we've all felt this with our club teams, you know that way you just feel like you, like you get the feeling in the lead-up to a game, like, yep, we're, we're going to do it. Like, it's just a matter of fact. Before a ball's been kicked, that's how I feel. I just think Scotland are going to do it. So do I. Right, hopefully this podcast has got you right up for Thursday night. It's just a massive, massive game. Yes, there may be no fans there. Yes, it's not at Hampden Park, but that doesn't take away from the magnitude of the game. Thursday night, 7.45, kick-off. It's live on Sky Sports Football, I believe. I believe it's also free to air on maybe Sky Picks or one of those channels. So as long as you've got free view, you'll be able to see the game in your house, which I think is important at the moment. Uh, can we get quick predictions in, guys? Just just numbers, no kind of commentary or anything. Start with you, Matt. 1-1 one, one, Scotland on penalties. Oh, Fisher. 2-1 Scotland, 90 minutes. 1-0 Scotland, 90 minutes. <laughs> I'm I'm thinking penalties as well. I think one one. I think we'll win in penalties. There we go. Wow, I'm excited. First pause goes without saying. We'll be back either way. This isn't the last podcast. It's hopefully the last podcast of Scotland's wait to qualify for a major tournament. But we will be back probably over the weekend at some stage to chat either positively or negatively about what goes on on Thursday night. Thanks very much, guys. Thank you for listening, and we'll speak to you very soon.